0: For as long as I can remember, I have had a passion for helping others live into their potential. My goal is to share some practical knowledge from the world of performance psychology and wisdom from my own experiences to bring personal growth to you right where you are. Come on in. I'm Kayla, the coach next door. Hi, everybody. This is Kayla, the coach next door, and I'm here today with my friend, Dr. Hannah Bennett. Um, She is an assistant professor of kinesiology at Augusta University, and she and I went to graduate school together for our master's degrees at Georgia Southern, Um, and she actually went on beyond that to get her PhD after we were done at Georgia Southern um, at Middle Tennessee State University, but I'm going to let her actually finish introducing herself to tell us a little bit about what she does and who she is. Hi,
1: Kayla. So as you introduced me, I was waving like in my mind. I was like, oh, but people can't see me. So imagine everyone that I'm waving to you. Um, but yes, my name is Hannah. Um, I'm originally from Maine. Um, and like Kayla said, like you said, I've moved down to the South for grad school, and I've been here ever since. Um, I have a husband and two wonderful dogs. Um, both of them are rescues. One we got when we lived in Nashville, when I was finishing my PhD, and the other one we got as a, um, a foster fail, so I'm involved in dog rescue uh, down here in Augusta. That's one of the big interests of mine. Um, we got, her name's Penny, she's the sweetest, um, but she is, she was going to be a hospice foster, and it ended up being that we loved her so much that it made sense just to add her to the family for as long as she had left. Um, so, very involved in dog rescue, um, love it so much, actually. Um, if I could have more dogs, I would, but I don't think that my husband would want that right now. <laughs> I also don't know where we would put them all, because they all sleep in the bed with us, so it's it would not work out very well. I am an assistant professor down here in Augusta, so um, it's interesting, so I'm from Maine, and Augusta is the capital of Maine there, so it does confuse some people, so I do have to explain that. to to a few people when I um, introduce who I am. Um, But we live in Georgia. Um, I've been in Georgia now, or in the South now since 2010. Um, I teach in the kinesiology department. I am um, the primary teacher of sport and exercise psychology. That's what we got our our master's in, so that's what my background is in. Um, My research is really focused on diversity in sport and performance. So um, I look at um, inclusion of the LGBTQ population in sport. Um, I also have been doing CrossFit since 2013. So I'm currently working on a study based on inclusion of a variety of different uh, demographic groups um, within the CrossFit community. Um, Other than dog rescue, I'm thinking about my interests. Uh, CrossFit is one of them. I also really like watching documentaries Uh, It's interesting that we're talking about this specific topic because there's a new docu-series out on Netflix called Trial by Media, and it really focuses on the impact of media, the entirety of it, when it comes to things like court cases and how we judge people based off of what we hear or what we see. Um, So that's one that I'm starting to get into so I'm really excited about that
0: <laughs> so that was my fault I didn't even say what we were going to be talking about today but good for you for finding a nice little segue there so um, I actually uh, asked Hannah if she would talk to me about social media and personal growth and there's a couple reasons that I thought she would be a great person to interview on this topic one is because just personally I love Hannah's social media content Um, we were talking right before we started recording uh, about how she uh, the her dogs that she has that she mentioned are a highlight of her own personal social media and it is always adorable Um, but also I thought that she might be a good uh, interviewee about this topic because of the fact that she sees a lot of students with her job as a professor. And I believe that probably social media is having more and more of an impact on our younger generations. Um, And so I thought maybe she would have a unique perspective based on that as well. Uh, Not to mention some of the other things that she said, like how she's very involved with research research having to do with diversity and inclusion. So I do think that social media, um, can be both helpful and harmful when it comes to some of our, our, uh, inclusiveness as a culture. So, um, just kind of to get started with this topic, uh, in general, what are your thoughts on social media use and consumption?
1: Well, so when you first asked me to do this podcast, I started thinking about what it was like for us in undergrad. And when we started undergrad, it was 2006. So to give people a little bit of perspective on that, we don't think of it as a very long time ago. I mean, it was 14 years ago, which is pretty a good amount of time. It's a good amount of years. but I remember that when we started undergrad, our freshman year, that's when Facebook really started to take off. I made my own Facebook profile during my orientation at UConn. We were signing up for classes. and Everyone's like, oh, go do this Facebook thing. Like, that was our first big uh, social media platform. I mean, YouTube actually had just started in 2005. So it's not like that's been around for a very long time either. Twitter wasn't even invented yet. So, like, we... I think our generation, those of us that are in our 30s now, um, it was a lot different back then. I mean, I don't think that we were very much inundated with um, as many platforms as there are now. Um, I don't think that we really, I don't think we were influenced as much. And in 14 years, that has changed dramatically. I mean, we think about all the things that are out there now. Uh, My best friend in undergrad, her phone was a pink razor um that had where, where like if you messed up if you got accidentally got on the internet and you're like oh god no like i have to <laughs> i don't want my parents to see this charge but now everyone has a smartphone everyone has um a, a wi-fi everyone can make their own facebook profile can make their own TikTok can make their own instagram their own snapchat um and there are plenty of others that i'm not part of that um that i'm sure are out there um but i think As a whole, social media can be, with anything, I think it has its pros and its cons, I think it's how we use it that really dictates if it is very positive or very negative experience for us. I honestly think that when people don't really create the boundaries that they need when it comes to social media consumption, that's when it becomes really detrimental, Um, and I I don't think that even our generation is, um, that we don't have that problem either. I think that um, depending upon what generation you you came from or what was popular when you started using social, social media, that's going to be uh, the area that you might want to focus on in terms of how to limit your boundaries or how to set your boundaries for that. Um, but I think it has its pros and I think it has, has its cons because of how much technology has adapted to our changing culture.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're spot on with that. I think you know, it is so crazy how much has changed in such a short amount of time because of the technology that's available to us. It's really crazy to think of a time when there wasn't social media. And like you said, we were kind of part of that. We experienced both worlds, if you will. And so I can't even imagine um, the, the people who are a little bit older than us who really saw You know like what being an adult even was like without social media because that's not something that we've even been able to experience because it by the time we were in college it was so much a part of our culture that I mean it's really hard to even think about life without it
1: yeah and I I just I think my dad is one of those people that has (laughs) he doesn't have any sort of sort of social media platform he doesn't have a smartphone he doesn't want to be involved in any of that stuff um but I would be interested to hear his perspective on kind of seeing how, like, even my mom, because they're only, like, two years apart, how she's been, like, following up with the trend, and she's been involved in all of these social media platforms, and my dad has just been like, no, nah, I, I, I'm fine, I like the way things were beforehand, and I don't, or not necessarily I like the way things were, but he's like, I just don't need to add that part to my life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I Uh, really wanted to kind of dive into social media with regard to personal growth or personal development and wanted to get your take on how you think social media might in fact be harmful for someone who is trying to better themselves or go on some sort of personal growth journey.
1: So when I think about that, the first thing that comes to mind is this concept of this um, of social comparison theory. So, so to start, we, we all make judgments about ourselves. Um, and I like to think we can either be our biggest critic or we can be our biggest cheerleader. And the reality is we tend to be our biggest critic the most. And so when we utilize social media, social media just, uh, I'm gonna think about Instagram as an example here, but if you think of all the public profiles that are on Instagram, you are no longer, say you're a high school athlete, you are no longer comparing yourself with just your, um, your community athletes. You're comparing yourself to athletes who are playing the same sport in, um, in another country. Uh, and if they have a public profile and they're using the same hashtags and you can go follow them, you might be able to see that they might have a, uh, they might be able to shoot a free throw better than you can, or do fancier tricks than you can, or what, whatever it might be. So we are no longer just comparing ourselves with um, the people that are around us, but people all around the world. And that's that's a lot for someone to really take in when they're trying to get better at something. Um, and I'm using this in a sport context because it's just kind of like where my mind heads in this area. Um, But with social comparison theory, I mean, we can either look at someone like LeBron James and say, oh, he's a great basketball player. I want to be like him. So I'm going to follow him so I can get better. It's going to kind of motivate them. And that could be really good. But on the other side of that, you could look at that and be like, oh, this is LeBron James. He's really great. I'm never going to be that good. And then at that point, you're already setting yourself up for failure. And when can you really grow when all you're thinking about is how less of an athlete you are or how much less of a person you are in whatever it is that you're comparing yourself to so that can be really harmful when it comes to utilizing social media
0: um i'm gonna so um like i was saying you know i i obviously follow you personally on social media and um so, you know, kind of going off of what you were just saying with social comparison, I know that you're really big into self-image and you can talk about this as much or as little as you feel comfortable with, but tell me a little bit about how you feel like maybe someone's, you know, personal value via self-image might be impacted by their consumption of social media.
1: Oh gosh. Um, yeah, so growing up, I had a I mean, and I still struggle with this a lot, um, is I have a really distorted body image of myself. Um, I've struggled with with eating growing up. I've struggled with um, really accepting that my body is a useful tool, and when we think about what we see on social media, there's a really good phrase I like to remind myself with. um, It's, the grass is only greener because it might be fake or something like that, because on social media, you only see the highlights of people no one posts their their down days or when they do it's one of those things that's like oh we all have down days like lift yourself up and to a point that's real and that's great to see but the reality of it is i would say 95 percent of the things that you post or that you see on social media is going to be something that um really i don't know highlights that person so to speak which again can be can be a good thing um when it comes to self-image and we think about maybe younger girls who are looking at, um, I don't know, fitness models or famous families. The Kardashians always come to mind when I think about social media, um, because I do think they're kind of controversial in the in the concept of self image. Um, I think that they want to celebrate, you know, different body types and different body styles and different body um, shapes, and I think that's wonderful. But they also promote things like the waist trainers, which you read some of the research that comes out on that is not healthy for, for individuals. They also promote, not them specifically, but other, you know, influencers will promote things like, uh, diet teas or, you know, really quick, fast weight loss techniques, or how can I, i don't know get a plump booty or you know, wh- whatever it might be. And that can really impact a person's, um, their self-image, especially if they're, very impressionable like our teenagers are and we know that now everyone has a cell phone that can get on instagram and follow these people and we give a lot of these influencers credibility uh that can be very detrimental to someone's just as someone's psyche if we follow all these people and they're promoting things that are are not real
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah i think that that's really wise and uh It's so funny because, so like you were saying, you think a lot in like the context of sport. I tend to think a lot in the context of fitness and it's very similar. Like when I was competing, I followed a bunch of the, you know, really famous high level bikini like competitors from all over the world. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's really motivational, but other times it's like, oh my gosh, how in the world does she get her body to look like that? And it's, can be discouraging, but then, you know, like you were saying, like, you kind of have to realize that you have to see it through the filter of, okay, they're also not posting like from an unflattering angle. They're probably Photoshopping some stuff and, um, you know also like like you were saying like not posting about like the days when they're feeling bloated or mm-hmm. <laughs> like the days that they like decide to just sit on the couch and eat because the reality is everyone has those days it's just not what people want to see
1: yeah and it's it's really interesting with the like the physique like the how you mentioned those the competing because when you think about the the strict diets that they have to be on in order to get that way in like coupled with the amount of exercise that they go through as well like is are, are is that really healthy um and you know you could argue either way i think but i don't know i, I don't, i'm not entirely sure what they but i will say the research that i've read when it comes to like um nutrition and body image that is related to physique competitors um, is not as positive in terms of self image. Mm-hmm. And that can, I think you're right when it says it can be really motivating, but then also demotivating. Cause you're like, why can't I get to be like that? Why can't I, am I not working hard enough? Am I not doing enough? Am I not good enough? And that's where it can be really, um, really detrimental.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even just in like real life examples of, um, I know like mom guilt for our friends who are moms is so real because, you know, people are posting about the perfect thing that they planned for their kids or, you know, they had like the best birthday party for their child and things like that. And then, you know, it's like you're saying about the social comparison. It's like it can be either something to aspire to or why can't I have my life together like that
1: (laughs) yeah and in reality no one has their life together that much all the time Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's not real and I think that's what we always forget is that social media is just it's not real
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, to kind of flip it though um how might social media be helpful to someone on their personal growth or personal development journey
1: well, for me, i um, in my personal experience, I have found it to be very helpful because I have found people to follow that um, that I find really uh, motivating and inspiring and honest, more more real than in terms of them posting like gym photos of themselves. Like that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking more about. I follow a lot of uh, human positivity, self love, self care. Um, I also follow a lot of posts that focus on. Um, You know, female athletes. Um, I like to see those that are marginalized. um, I like to see them being highlighted. So I follow follow a lot of things that I think are uplifting to me. Um, And that's what I would encourage people to do that are looking for these self-growth things is you want to flood your feed with things that are going to make you feel good about yourself. Um, And I know that. So for me, when I think about the people that I follow that have really helped me or that I find to be the things that I want to see that the positiveness or the positivity that I want to see. Um, so like I said, I've been, uh, during this quarantine, um, one of the things that we really want to focus on is mental health as well. So everyone being stuck shelter in place, um, or if you like, with some of the, uh, restrictions being lifted, even if you have someone who you're taking care of and you have to still make precautions and you can't really go out and do a lot of things. Still mental health tends to be one of the things that really, Um, tends to suffer so I have been flooding my social media with things that I find really um, inspiring Um, I'm really big into gratitude uh, so I follow a lot of accounts that really focus on um, a gratitude mindset I also focus on things that help me kind of deal with my ongoing issues that are related to self-image and eating and body image Um, so one of the ones that I've really found I actually just started following it, I don't know, maybe a few months ago. It's called Side by Side Nutrition. And um, it's someone who specializes in um, eating disorders and nutrition. And that's one that I have really loved. Um, I'm a very visual person, so that's been helpful for me. I also follow one called Human Positivity. And I really like uh, how they, I'll say, um, frame positivity. Uh, cause it's not all about, you have to be happy every single day. It's more of a realistic, uh, take on, um, human positivity. Um, and then on her turf is another one that I like that one really highlights female athletes, um, and the things that they're doing to, you know, break the glass ceiling. Um, there's been a lot on there lately, um, about the women's soccer team, about the assistant basketball coach at the university of Maine, um, um and the football coach at in San Francisco. So there's a lot of there's a lot of really great things that are happening. Um, and I really think it's if you look for the good, you'll find the good. So that's what I try and do when I think about social media consumption. Um, and then I also follow Upworthy and um, Tank Good News. Those are two of my uh, things that really show happy, life changing, positive stories throughout the world. Um, and I think that those can be really really wonderful to read because I think that the news really highlights a lot of the negativity and when we don't have anything to really even that out all we're going to think about is the negativity. So those are the ones that right now that I'm super into.
0: Okay awesome Um, and you have kind of touched on this a little bit but um, just to really like bring it home, what would be the things that you would tell someone if they want to have a more positive interaction with social media? What pieces of wisdom would you specifically give them as like actionable tips?
1: So, my first one would be to unfollow anyone who makes you question your self worth. If you find someone that always post things and you start to second guess your, um, your ability, your creativity, your intelligence, um, any of the things that really make you who you are, I would unfollow them. I know that sounds really cliche, like unfollow all these people that make you feel bad. I think it's really helpful. And I, I have done that so often. And after a while, I'm just like, why am I following this person? This person does nothing for me aside from make me second guess if I'm actually you know, where I should be in my teaching career or where I should be in terms of producing research. Like your, your chapter one is different than someone's chapter 22. So if someone you're following makes you feel like you are less than, then I would unfollow them. The second one would be to remind yourself that social media is not real. Um, and it's, you can, you can come up with all these excuses about, well, this person does this and it looks real. And, like, why can't I do that? So they may have, like you said, use the right angles. Um, or have. when you think about selfies, how many times have you taken a selfie and you had to retake it like 18,000 times to get the right angle or to get the right light or to use a filter or whatever it might be. I mean, there's, social media is just, we have to remind ourselves that it's, it's not a real, what people post all the time is not necessarily real. And then I, again, I know you had Anya on earlier talking about gratitude that's something that I like to do. Um, every Thursday on my um, uh, on my Instagram account, I do a thankful Thursday and I always post something that I've been thankful for that week. Um, having, having gratitude and practicing gratitude, really making it part of your daily routine helps you keep your perspective on things. And I think that's really important. I've been doing a gratitude journal for years now. And honestly, it's it's one of the best things that I've ever implemented in my life because it really does help me keep perspective on things. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are terrible. um, And yes, there are a lot of things that I wanna do to be a better person. um, But I think that having gratitude and keeping that uh, journal going keeps my perspective real. Um, And it's something that I would, that I actually have a lot of my, my clients do, my athletes do on a regular basis because it improves so many different aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, but those would be my top three things, um, in terms of words of wisdom.
0: Awesome. So, uh, you, you briefly spoke about your thankful Thursday, where can listeners follow you and see thankful Thursday and all of the other cool things that you're posting?
1: So my, my public page is called from the brain to the game. And it is um, my mental skills consulting page that I utilize for sharing all my sports psych and mental tip stuff.
0: Well, thank you so much for being on, Hannah. I really enjoyed the conversation. And, um, I hope that you have some people, you know, following your thankful Thursday and your the rest of your great tips that you're putting out there and um, that maybe we help reframe what it means to interact with social media a little bit. Well, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Well, uh, thanks again for being here and thank everyone for listening. And uh, remember to go ahead and subscribe if you're liking listening to the episodes. And I, I would love some feedback. So feel free to leave some comments about what you're liking hearing. And this is Kayla, the coach next door. Thanks so much.